Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Hey everybody, it's me, Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die, and I am here with... Yeah! The Ayatollah of Alcohola. Oh yeah. New Orleans. And we are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast Show. And we are here to talk about Thin Lizzy. But before we get into Thin Lizzy, just want to say that uh, Ian and I did the uh, doing this episode and another one uh, for when I'm on tour. Because I am leaving on tour and I'm not going to be around to do the news. So, this would be a newsless episode, but that doesn't matter because it's an amazing album we're about to review. And, uh, that there and the other thing. I want that to, I want to make that a slogan. You know, you got your burp, and I, you know, mine is that there and the other thing. So, how you doing, Ian? You know what I got for you? What? Oh, oh man, you got me with the whistle. That's three to one. Anybody keeping score out there? Uh, Ian has has finally got me. Thank you, man. That there was that was awesome. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, uh, so this album, uh, Thin Lizzy's uh, Bad Reputation. Before get this album, did you know Ian? The side project uh, Phil had called Expose. No, I know nothing of this. Yeah, it, it, it was called Expose These Nuts. So there, <laughs> now now we got, now it's four to one. <laughs> Those are keeping score. I just got Ian on the Whistling Nuts contest. Four to one. Um, before, oh, uh, what do you say? We just like dive into the review. Because that way, we can play a lot of music. And anybody out there that's like, ah, I don't care for the music part, you know you're missing out because... We play rare songs from bands you love that you might not even know exist. So you should stick around and listen to our music at the end of the, at the end of this. Since we're not going to do no news, I'm sure there's going to be a room for music. So uh, anyway, um, and, oh, and by the way, I'm on tour. So come out and see me. I'm playing Georgia. I don't know. Go on the Thrasher Die Facebook page and see it. Georgia, Washington, Rhode Island. And uh, Ian's mom's house. Hey! And, uh, well, actually, we're not playing a show there. But, hey, if you want to get your dick wet. Uh, so, the next, uh, so, uh, I'm going to talk about how I discovered Bad Reputation. Now, I know about Thin Lizzy. This, I bought this album, I believe, 1979. It came out in 77, I believe, right? I think so. Yes. But I bought it in 1979. I was aware of Thin Lizzy from the songs... Boys Are Back to Town and Jailbreak, so I knew they rocked. And I found this album in a cutout bin in 1979 for $3.99, which I still have that album, that same one. And uh, I thought I'd take a chance. Took it home, and I was initially blown away by that title track. It was like, that was the one song that grabbed me. But now, you know, there's another song on that album that I consider to be my favorite all-time Thin Lizzy song. And it is not the title track. 
But uh, as a kid, to tell you the truth, I never really put on this album much. It didn't really grab me because I was young and stupid. Now I love this fucking album. And I, you will hear how much I love it. Uh, I also got to say that year, 1979, I believe I already discussed this, but I'll say it again. I had my chance to see Thin Lizzy open for Journey. At the Miami High in 1979, me and my buddy were going to go see Thin Lizzy opening for Journey. This was the Black Rose tour. Now, I don't know if Gary Moore, I know Gary Moore left early in the tour. So who knows, maybe he was there, maybe he wasn't. But either way, I wish I could have been there to see it. And what happened was we were going, no problem. My friend's dad was gonna take us. So that day we went to the beach and it's been so long, God, 36 years ago, that I don't remember what my buddy did, but he pissed off his dad so much that his dad said, now you're not going to the concert. So I ended up missing than Lizzie because my buddy pissed off his dad. How sad is that, huh? That sucks. Yeah, so, but, you know, um, and I never got to see Thin Lizzie, ever. I mean, I saw that scab version with John Sykes singing and the other one, uh, the guy from that band, whatever band that is, uh, opening for Judas Priest. You saw Black Star Riders? No, it was Thin Lizzie. But I it's mean, the same, same lineup, though, right? Yeah, it's the same singer. I can't How remember. How was it? It was good. I, I enjoyed the John Sykes version more, though. Yeah, oh, I bet. How, yeah. how was the John Sykes version? Amazing. I have it on video, actually. Nice. Um, it was amazing. They did all my favorite songs. Um, Massacre, Cold Sweat, you know, uh, Waiting for an Alibi, Bad Reputation, Opium Trail. Um, I was just a phenomenal set with... Tommy Aldridge, Marco Mendoza, Scott Gorham, um, Brian, um, what's his name? Uh, Brian oh, Downey. No, Brian Downey wasn't there. It was Tommy Aldridge. Oh. I did see Brian Downey in the other one okay. where the guy can still play his ass off, man. He was great. I forgot. I, I think his name was Scott Warren or something, the keyboard player. I oh, yeah, be. yeah. Yeah, I played with Dio. Maybe it wasn't that guy. I know they had a keyboard player there, but I don't know if it was that guy. But uh, it was amazing. But, you know, it wasn't Thin Lizzy. It was a glorified kick-ass Thin Lizzy tribute show with two members that were in Thin Lizzy. But, you know, um, I never got to see the, the, the legend because after 79, I don't think they ever came to America again because when it comes to music, I mean, I love this country, but, you know, this music, this country's clueless when it comes to music. I'm talking about the mass population don't really understand the greatness that was Thin Lizzy. This was not your ordinary band. I put Thin Lizzy up there with all the greats. Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, all that. I put Thin Lizzy up there. I think they rank as high as all those bands because they were originals. Uh, uh, Phil Lynott, which, you know, everybody, when you think of Thin Lizzy, you think of Phil Lynott, but not me, man. I think I, I, I think of Brian Robertson. I think of Phil Lynott, I think of Scott Gorham, I think of Brian Downey, I think of Eric Bell, you know, uh, Snowy White and John Sykes. I mean, everybody, I think, contributed to the greatness of Thin Lizzy. And this album, it's really Scott Gorham coming into his own. And Brian Downey, I mean, that guy is just phenomenal. 
Anyways, I, well, I, I went on long enough on my Thin Lizzy nut swinging. Uh, you you go. Tell, tell us how you discovered Thin Lizzy and how you discovered this album. Well, I discovered Thin Lizzy, uh, you know, of course, like most people, you know, boys are back in town, shit like that. I'll, you know, the classics you'd hear on classic rock radio. And uh, I was, for the longest time, I was a greatest hits guy. I just had, you know, dedication. And uh, it wasn't until just a few years ago that I really delved into the albums. And I really love them now. Uh, I, I didn't get to see any version of Thin Lizzy other than a Thin Lizzy tribute band, uh, which was notable because Eric Singer was dressed up as Brian Downey, you know, oh, on man. drums. Yeah, so that was cool. But uh, the last couple of years, I've really delved into the catalog and listened to them. Like, I believe you should listen to all that uh, band, you know, album-wise. And, uh, man, I'm really into these guys now. I mean, really change my opinion. Uh, it's just phenomenal. What I like about them is they're they're very unique. They have this sound. There's there's no other band to me that sounds like Thin Lizzy. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't call them a metal band. Uh, I don't even know. I mean, they're kind of hard rock, but to me, it's just a rock and roll band, but very distinctive. I mean, and the the, the twin guitar sound. There's a lot of bands that have the twin guitars. But to me, what's unique about them is twin guitars in unison, where it almost sounds like one guitar, but you know it's two. But I mean, it's just, it's something very unique, very beautiful. And I love, I love Phil's voice and I love the storytelling aspect. I mean, I, I consider him very much like a poet and a storyteller and, and it makes them so unique. And, and going through the albums, this is one I probably discovered about a year ago that I listened to all the way through. And uh, it's not my favorite, but I do love it. It's held in very high regard. Of course, uh, you know, the tour for this, they would record uh, the legendary Live and Dangerous. Uh, but I, I, I love Thin Lizzy. And uh, uh, a fan of the show, Stephen Kirsch, gave me 15 shekels to do another uh, Thin Lizzy review. So I, I'm, I'm doing this for the money. But I'm also doing it because I love Thin Lizzy. So oh. why, don't, why, why don't we get into this fucking incredible track? I mean, incredible album. Ralph, you take the first one. All right, the first track is a song called Soldier of Fortune. Uh, starts off a little, like, mellow. With uh, pretty much Phil giving you a story. Uh, I found out many years later... I, uh, actually from uh, online, I can't remember where, but I did write it down because I did find it online. Uh, this song Phil wrote about uh, Colonel Callan, C-A-L-L-A-N, a psycho mercenary who was, mercy, who, was, who was executed in Angolia in 1976. Uh, so I guess the story that he sings in this song is about him. Um, which I would like to look more into it. A psycho mercenary? Sounds kind of cool. Um, I, I love this song. This song is, uh, you know, starts, you know, a little mellow, and then it goes into that, that so, that familiar guitar, twin guitar melody that Thin Lizzy is so famous for. And it's all over this song. It's beautiful. I, I dig this tune a lot. What do you think? Uh, man. Uh, when it starts out and I hear that gong, I was like, oh shit, it's Jungle Boogie. 
but then uh, you know you know or it's also when the sun goes down notice their sun goes down sounds exactly the same that gong right well i heard that i was thinking jungle boogie but it's not jungle boogie um i don't know maybe it's just me but this is my least favorite track on the album uh, yeah, and I, I think it's a horrible way to open up the album. I wouldn't say horrible, but I do agree there's better songs to open up this album, like the title track. Well, I, I agree. I was going to get into that, but uh, yeah, to, to me, it's the worst song on the album. And by, by saying, I don't mean it's horrible, but it's definitely my least favorite. Um, I just don't find it that memorable. Like, you know, when it was over, there's nothing about this song that's stuck in my head. You know, there's nothing that I'm singing, you know, after it's over. And I, I that, to me, is the worst way to start an album. It should There should be something there that, like, yeah! You know, and this just kind of falls flat to me. And I listened to this album uh, just today. I listened to it three times in a row. And, um... Nothing changed my opinion on that. I, I, I think it's it's a weak way to start out the song. But then we go into the next song, which is the title track. And that's the one I totally agree should have started this album. Uh, I mean, that is just a hard fucking rocker. Uh, a classic Thin Lizzy song. Uh, definitely, this would have been a way where you drop the fucking needle and then... Got a bad rip. You know, that's how you start a fucking album. Not not with Soldier of Fortune. That, that to me, is a filler track that should have been buried in the middle of Side 2. Uh, but Bad Reputation, holy fucking shit. Uh, amazing track. What do you think, Ralph? Uh, yeah, turn yourself around. Turn it upside down. Brian Downey owns this freaking song, man. The drumming on this has a drum solo, kind of. Um, amazing. I, I, well, everybody in this... This uh, song is like top notch, you know, and Phil, Phil's voice, man. It just oozes with fucking. It oozes with. Your 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 girlfriend's vagina smells like my penis. What? You know? Yeah, you heard me. Uh oh. Yeah, it's like Phil fucks all our girlfriends. Oh, okay. That, that's what his, sound, sound, uh, his voice sounds like. Like, hey, what you're hitting there, I just hit it. While you were out there, while you were out buying her flowers, I came in your house. And I banged your wife. I have a bad reputation of banging your girlfriend. And he turned her upside down. <laughs> so I love Bad Reputation. This song is just classic all over it. One of the best tracks of all time. Uh, definitely, like, I don't think, man, I think it's impossible for any human to actually not like this song. This is one of those rare songs where everybody that has any love for rock music hard rock metal drums um vagina you gotta love this song you know uh it's insane i want to i want to also give a shout out to an all-female band called phantom blue who cover this song and do such a great job at it i've heard of that but i never heard that you gotta hear their album built for speed it's amazing it's like, it is such a great, solid album. And they do a version of this. And you got to hear it. What Once you hear the version of Bad Reputation, what they do, you're going to want to hear the rest of their stuff. Because their original stuff is really good stuff. Nice. Um, 
whose guitar player sadly passed away, who was married to John Norm. Oh, really? Yeah, Okay, yeah. from Europe. Europe, yeah, yeah, and solo artist. Yeah, also um, played with Don Dawkins. Don Dawkins solo album up from the ashes, that is right. Uh, okay, so that's my take on Bad Reputation. Now, the next song is my all-time favorite Thin Lizzy song. Yes, that's right. I think that if I was to make a top 10 Thin Lizzy songs, this would be sitting on top numero uno. And that is Opium Trail. God damn, this song rules. The bit, you know, listen to this song, the bass line, all the bass playing on this song. I mean, it matches the guitar, but it has this really cool fucking groove. It's just like, it's just amazing. Amazing bass playing on the song. Phil Lynott was not really known as such a great bass player, but I thought he was a very good melodic bass player. And it really shows on this song. And this song is just... Uh, speaking of John Norum, you know, John Norum covered this song. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wow, how, how odd. How the... On his I, first solo album. Yeah, how odd how I brought up John Norum on the previous track. A song about, uh, I guess, um, the trafficking of heroin. That's what I get out of it. I don't know. Maybe it's not about that. But uh, it's a fucking amazing hard rocking song. To me, the greatest Thin Lizzy song ever. What do you think? Uh, I absolutely love this. It is my second favorite song on the album. Uh, and it just, it's a great drug story. And, and I do get the same thing out of that. You know, it's about the trafficking of, of heroin and everything. And this is something Phil did a lot. Like, you know, there was a lot of drug songs. And he would also sing about the negative side of drugs. It's like he knew it was killing him. Uh, but, you know, he had to sing about it because he sung about what he knew. You know, he told stories that he felt. And this is something he could talk about. And even though he knew it was killing him, it's like he glorifies it, but he also makes... I shouldn't say glorifies it, but I mean, he brings it to light and he also talks about how it will kill you as well. And um, just an awesome, awesome fucking song. They recorded this album as a three-piece. Brian Robertson had missed most of the previous tour with a hand injury. He got in a bar fight and uh, he was already having problems with, with Phil. So uh, they record this as a three-piece. or like, you know, Scott, you just do all the guitars. But Scott wasn't really comfortable with that. You know, he liked the two-guitar, you know, sound. I mean, that's what they were known for. And there was, uh, there was two songs that he purposely left a solo out of. And he actually, like, kind of, like, begged uh, Phil, you know, like, hey, come on, get, get, get him back. You know, this, this would fit perfect for fucking Brian. And, and, and this this is the one and I, I love that he did that he had you know the foresight to see this is what we need on this song and Brian just does an amazing solo on this and, and, and helps it sound like a, the true classic it is uh, I absolutely love this fucking song what do you think about the next one next one is Southbound um yeah, it starts with that happy twin guitar riff that they do a lot on a lot of their albums. Again, another great thing about Thin Lizzy is the lyrics, because Phil Lynott was more like a storyteller than a lyricist. Like, I guess like all their songs, it's a story. He tells a story, and 
like I, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna try not to babble on this, but the story on this is no different than Twisted Sisters. I am on me, or uh, Triumphs. Uh, fight the good fight. It's a, it's a song where, hey man, I'm gonna change my life. I'm going, you know, metaphorically he says I'm going southbound, but it's really a song about changing your life for the better. And um, I absolutely love this song. It's a little mellow, and I'll tell you why that's kind of a problem after after we're done um, talking about this, but there's absolutely nothing wrong at all about this song. Because this song is, to me, it's perfect. Love it. Great fucking song. What do you think? Uh, I, I agree. To me, this is classic Thin Lizzy. This, this song sounds like it could be on any Thin Lizzy album before or after. I mean, it's just total Thin Lizzy. Uh, you know, like like you said, it, it's all about the storytelling. And this really is a story song. R- what really stands out to me on this song, other than the storytelling, is just the guitars. I mean, even though, you know, both of them are played by, uh, by Scott Gorham, just beautiful. The way they sound in sync and interlude, I mean, it's just... It's fucking gorgeous the way the guitars sound on this song. Are you are the uh, Brian Downey? I mean, um, Brian Robertson. Brian Robertson play it all on this? Yeah, he played on three songs. This is not one of them. What are the three songs? Go ahead, say uh, it now. Okay, he played on Opium Trail, uh, Killer Without a Cause, and uh, The Woman's Gonna Break Your Heart. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is all Scott Gorham. Uh, but it, it, it's amazing, and uh, the way he tracked it, you would never know. I mean, honestly, if I wouldn't have known and just listened to it, I would think they were both there because it yeah. sounds so flawlessly classic. Exactly. You know, Thin Lizzy. And, and and by classic, you know, of course, I mean the Mach 2 lineup. And I love the Eric Bell era, too. I love those first three albums. Th- those first three albums are phenomenal. Yeah, I love I, them as well. I, I, I agree. But, you know, you get that. To me, the classic Thin Lizzy song is is with that combination um, but I absolutely love this and then it leads into what is and I, I know you're going to disagree with me on this but in my top three all time Thin Lizzy songs and that's Dancing in the Moonlight I fucking love this song uh, words can't describe how much I love this and it's so out of the box to me. It's it's so different for Thin Thin Lizzy, but at the same time, it makes perfect sense. I know you're not a fan of instruments you blow into, but I am a big saxophone fan. I love saxophone and rock when it's played right, when it's not overplayed, and when it just sounds natural. And to me, in this song, it fits absolutely perfectly. Uh, it's a great. I, I love that. I always get chocolate stain on my pants. You know, it's like I don't even know what that means, but I fucking love it. You know, it's like, is it a cum stain? Or is it a chocolate stain? Do you come black? I don't know, <laughs> but I fucking love it. It's amazing. And what's so funny is, you know, they got this song "Dance in the Moonlight." There was also another hit song in the '70s, "Dance in the Moonlight" by King Harvest, which you know. It's not the same song, but to me, they, there's a lot of similarities between both of them, but they're both incredible songs that I absolutely love. And, uh, man, there's just something about this song. I cannot hear it without, you know, shaking my ass or bobbing my head a little bit. It's just a perfect song that always puts a fucking smile on my face. I love, love, 
love this fucking song. What do you think, bro? All right, uh, I don't hate it as much as you thought. I, I think it's a really good song, but yeah, you're right. I, I, I can't get into the sex, man. I can't. I, I just feel like that it, it, it kind of ruins it for me, but... And I also think when Phil wrote this song, I think he... To me, it kind of sounds like uh, he was pressured a little into it because it does sound kind of like he's trying to write a hit um, because, you know, after... Um, I believe uh, the album after Jailbreak was Johnny the Fox, yes. Am I right? Yes, Johnny the Fox. So, you know, Johnny the Fox didn't have no... Uh, Boys are back in town, even though Don't Believe a Word should have been fucking huge. Great song. Yeah, but anyway, so I guess on this album, you know, record company's like, come on, guys, we want another Boys are back in town. You didn't do it on the last album, let's do it on this one. And I think that's where this song was, uh, I kind of get that um, vibe, really musically, but more lyrically. I think it's, Phil is kind of, I don't know, trying to be happy, uh, radio friendly, but it still works as a song. I think the song oozes with coolness. Love it. I love that. And I love, you know, the, the little guitars. And yeah, then there's that saxophone that's going on. And I feel like it hurt it for me. I know it wouldn't have hurt it for you or anybody else. But yeah, I'm biased when it comes to saxophone. Not all the time. There's sometimes saxophones appear in songs that I think like complement the song. And I, I feel like this is one of those songs where it doesn't it doesn't really complement it. It could have been fine without it. But that's just me. And another thing I wanted to bring up is that you were saying earlier, which I agree with you, Soldier of Fortune is not really a great opening track. Well, I don't feel like Killer Without a... I mean, uh, Dancing in the Moonlight is a, it would be good next to Southbound. I think they should have been spread apart with something a little more edgier because from Southbound to Dancing in the Moonlight, it's just, wow, look, here's a mellow song and here's like a little happier song, but it's still very poppy and mellow. I think they should have put something like Killer Without a Cause in between it, but that's just me. I feel like I feel like the sequency on this album is, is pretty bad. Well, uh, um, well, one thing I'd like to add real quick is this was the single off the album. And, it, of course, it didn't chart over here. But it did make it number 14 on the UK charts. And it was back. The B-side uh, was the title track. So there you go. That, that, that proves my point. It was a single. And that's record companies' uh, doings, you know? Well, th they're, the ones that, that, they're the ones that decide what the single should be. Well, that, that, I, I don't know if he wrote this for a single. I mean, I see what you're saying, but I don't know if, if it was record. I, did, I never read anything to that uh, effect, but... Uh, oh, no, no, I, I didn't read it either. It's, yeah. it's just something I, I feel. Right, no, but, and, and, and it was a concert staple all the way till the end. I mean, they, they played this at every show, I, I believe, you know? They played this on the Thin Lizzy show I saw with uh, John Sykes. Nice. Yeah, they played it. All righty. Okay. All right, uh, going into the next song, Killer Without a Cause, should, which I think should have been after Southbound. Um, there's an amazing structure to this song. I really love the second verse where you hear acoustic in the background, and then like it goes into a little harmonica thing. Very Who-ish. It sounds like the Who a lot to me. Again, the story on this is awesome. He's a killer without a cause. Uh, a great opening track for side two, 
you know. Um, and yeah, I'm so, this was another one. I mean, I thought when I first was young and dumb. Well, now I'm older and dumb, but at least I can appreciate this album now. Uh, Bad Reputation and Killer Without a Cause was the only songs that grabbed me back then. And then the rest I just didn't care for. But that changed. What do you think of uh, Killer Without a Cause? Uh, I love it. This is the, the second song with Brian Robertson on lead guitar. And uh, the funny, you know, you mentioned it's Whoish. To me, when I hear this song, all I can think about is Peter Frampton. <laughs> you know, with that little, you know, a little talk box guitar on it. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Wah, wah, wah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, what's so funny as I was listening to it today, and it almost, well, I should say almost, it actually did make me want to listen to Frampton Comes Alive. And normally, I never want to hear that shit just because, you know, rock radio has ruined it so much. But, uh, man, I heard that little talk box, and I was thinking of Frampton, and I got a big smile on my face, and... Of course, I started singing, you know, in my head, you know, do you feel like we do? And, uh, but, but I love this song and I, I love what, what Robertson did with the guitar track. I think, uh, man, th th this is a classic Ben Lizzy song. This is one of those deep album cuts, you know, it's like, it's not on a lot of greatest hits albums, but it is a greatest hit. I mean, it's just a solid Ben Lizzy song that contributes to why this is a solid album absolutely love it what do you think of the next one uh the next one is uh downtown sundown and um this one is like uh, the best way i can describe it it's very soothing it's a a song that i again i didn't get as a young child but now i adore this song it's um it's got it's got this soothing feel to it and um, the, the vocals, like Phil, Phil's vocals on this one, especially this song, is beautiful. He, he sings really like passionate and soft. And, uh, and that solo, man, that's, that guitar solo on this song is, to me, it's euphoric. So, you know, it's just beautiful. I think everything on this song is perfectly structured and it has that real soothing vibe, and that's pretty much the best way I can uh, describe this song. It's a beautifully perfect, soothing tune. It's a great song to listen to. Why you, you know, it's a great album track. I would say. Don't know if it was ever played live, but down Downtown Sundown is a beautiful song, and I love it. I love the hell out of it. What do you think? Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It is a great album track. And I love the mellowness of it. I know this sounds fucking gay as fuck, but it's like a dreamy. I mean, it's just a beautiful song that, that fits in perfectly, you know, with the Thin Lizzy sound. You know, because Thin Lizzy doesn't always have to be heavy. I mean, there's a lot of just beautiful Thin Lizzy songs, and I I, I think this is one of them. That's why they're, they're so amazing. Because this is like, you know, that that's what separates... The great bands with the whatever bands because Thin Lizzy is pretty much known as a one-hit wonder, two-hit wonder. But you know, I mean, believe me, the people in Europe are more up to speed with Thin Lizzy in America. But what made Thin Lizzy so special is that they did have their unique sound, but they didn't stick to certain type of music like okay, let's just be heavy all the time and throw in a little mellow song here and there. No, they 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 really you can tell like they took their time. To like really like work on songs to make them perfect and 
I think Downtown Sundown is a great example of that, you know? I agree. And it's fucking beautiful. Uh, go into the next one. All right. The woman's going to break your heart. Is it again? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah it. The woman's going to break your heart. Um, I love this song. Uh, you know, great fan of our show, Stephen Kirsch, said this is one of his least favorite uh, Thin Lizzy songs. Uh, not with me. Not with me. I love this song. This is the third and final song that uh, Brian Robertson played on, and and I really dig it. It's just it's a great song of heartbreak, and man, who can do the heartbreak songs like Phil Lynette? I mean, he has so so many great like just that woman fucked me good, you know, and not not in the pants but in the fucking head, you know. And this is another one of those, and it's got a unique time structure to it you know that dun 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 you know it's like that itself adds a heaviness to the song and uh, man it's just it's, it's one of those songs that only Phil could sing this and pull it off and uh, and bring it and man to me this is quintessential Thin Lizzy I absolutely love this song what do you think Ralph? Gotta agree with you um I love how it starts. Lonesome gambler. That woman's going to break your heart. I can identify with it because, you know, I'm like a guy that had his heart broken. But I've had my heart broken so many times that now it's like when I break up with a girl, it doesn't matter anymore. It's just like, whatever. I, I don't really go through the, the, the... Women don't break my heart anymore because I guess it's been shattered so many fucking times that it doesn't matter anymore. It, it, I feel like... Like, okay, I mean, my last girlfriend was awesome. We're still friends and we talk and everything. But believe me, I mean, when we broke up, it, I'm sorry, but I doubt she's listening. But she is. Look, I'm sorry to say this, but I, I slept fine that night. You know, I just, I, I didn't really, I didn't, I wasn't depressed about it at all. Well, well, I didn't care. To me, to me, maybe I'm different, you know, but to me, you get, there's the one that really does it. You know, there, yeah. there, there's some that do it to agree, but there's the one that really mm. doesn't. And then after that, you kind of realize, like, hey, I survived that shit. If I can survive that, the rest of this shit, really, I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow. No, uh, well, in my case, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm like a retard, dude. Uh, there, there was several that did it that, that really destroyed me. Really? But um, yeah, yeah, but. But I gotta tell you, I mean, the several that did destroy me, I mean, they destroyed me so bad that the last two girlfriends I had, you know, uh, the breakup didn't matter. It really didn't matter. I mean, you know, the, the one before was ugly, okay, but we still talk here and there, you know, but I'm not really, you know, that close with her. But the, my last one, I still, I speak with her every night. And, um... But, uh, but... Oh, by the way, know, my mom said get some milk when you go to the store today. Yeah, she was one that broke my heart, man. Big time. Because, <laughs> man, when I saw she emptied my bank account... <laughs> that's mom. That's... That, well, see, she broke my heart in a different way, financially. <laughs> you know, she, she made me go out there and suck dick to get fucking rent money. I needed school clothes. Good, good thing I live on the beach. A lot of homos out here. <laughs> But uh, no, but uh, the last, you know, the last one, it's like, hey, we're friendly. And, you know, I really dig this girl now. I don't want to really mention her. And she's listening. And 
She knows probably who I'm talking about. But I don't want to freak her out or anything, but... Is her name Shandy? I... Is it Shandy? What the fuck are you talking about, Shandy? Who the fuck Shandy? I love the song, Shandy. But I've loved that song since 1985 or something. No, um... She knows who she is. But I really dig her a lot. But, you know, it's like... Uh, and, and my last girlfriend, uh... She's digging somebody now, so it's cool. It's all good, you know. So it doesn't even matter. Oh, now she likes somebody. It's whatever, you know. It probably would have broke my heart if you know I didn't have all these colossal bitches really destroy me in the past. But yeah, I gotta say, man, my last girlfriend was really cool, and our breakup was—I mean, that's how cool she was. That I didn't care, and I'm still cool with her. And uh, that's a. Uh, that's my review on that woman's gonna break your heart. <laughs> all right, man, we're all the way at the end of the fucking album already, man. Yeah, this one went quick. Wow. Go ahead, you, you take the last one. Dear Lord. Oh my God, do I love this song? This is a this is a quintessential album track to me. Um, I don't know if it was ever played live, not that I know of, but man, what a way to end an album. I mean, this, I hope it wasn't. I really hope it wasn't played live, and I'll tell you why. Oh, okay. Well, I really dig this song. Uh, there's just something about it. I, I just think it's perfect, and it takes you out like on a, you know, it's it, it's a mellower song. There's a lot of mellow songs on this. I've read so many reviews where they consider this a very heavy album. To me, it's not. I mean, there's some heavy tracks, but I wouldn't consider it a heavy album overall. Uh, Thunder and Lightning was heavy. Right, 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 right. No, no, I, I agree. I, and what I was getting into is I didn't think they got heavier till you know, later in their career. But this was like a, a nice, mellow way, a beautiful way to end the album. Uh, I, I really, really like this song. Uh, I got a feeling you might disagree. No, I don't disagree. I, I just feel like... Unless Thin Lizzy goes on tour with a choir, this song won't work live. <laughs> because the the beginning of that song, that little solo by Scott and that choir during it, to me is magical. It's so awesome that without that, this song would fall flat for me. Um, I'm not Christian by any way, but, but I find the, the lyrics to this extremely emotional. Um, it's, it's, it is very, you know, Christian. You know, it's about letting the Lord, Jesus, into your heart. You know, you know the whole thing. You know, um, and you know, I'm not into that. I mean, I'm not against it either. But I feel that the way Phil phrases it in this song is like very beautifully, emotionally done. And you know, it, it brings me to that. I don't know if you ever saw the documentary on him called The Rocker. It's very it, man. I used to see this girl. Uh, this girl broke my heart, actually. Um, she, uh, I, when I first got this video, because I got it on a tape trade, I watched it with her, and she cried during this part of, the, of it where um, it had Phil's mom talking about his last days and how he was in bed and that they found that he was injecting in his toes. That's why they couldn't find track marks on him. And he knew he was going to die, and he told his mom how sorry he was. And, you know, and uh, it was a very, very emotional scene. And I kind of like, if you listen to this song, how Phil's like, you know, pleading for God, it almost sounds like how he was in his last days. 
it really, really touches me in a, in a very profound way. I think, yes, it's a great way to end the album, and it leaves it leaves me like, wow, you know, this that really did. You know, this is after I wised up and got into the whole album. It leave it left me like, wow, what a statement to end the album. It, it really hit home to me where you know the album ends with a a really great you know statement like you know hey look it's the end of the album it's the end of your life you know type of thing uh i love dear lord it's one of my favorites i would probably say it's my third favorite after opium trail and bad reputation nice nice yeah well maybe southbound it's probably tied with southbound because i really love that one too so that's it, man. Uh, you, any any closing thoughts on uh, Bad Reputation? Well, yeah, it was released September second, nineteen seventy seven. Uh, this was their first album produced by Tony Visconti, who uh, previously was known for his work with David Bowie. Did a lot of you know all the classic David Bowie albums in the seventies. Uh, the album went to number four on the UK charts. Uh, might I, don't quote me on this, but I think this might be their highest charting album in the UK. Um, and another interesting thing is the the cover art for the album. Originally, they were going to have Jim Jim Fitzpatrick, uh, Jim Fitzpatrick, do the cover art, who had done uh, you know a, a lot of their previous album covers. But uh, there was like a deadline to get the shit done, and Phil was going to go to his house and fucking uh, you know look at it and approve it, and he was supposed to go to his house and in Madison, Connecticut. But he was fucked up and he took a flight to Madison, Wisconsin by mistake. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Yeah, he ended up in Madison, Wisconsin and uh, they were unable to meet a deadline. So they had to go with an image that was already taken by Sutter Cooper. And that image was of, of the three piece was them without Brian Robertson, which, you know, Phil was kind of like, Phil didn't want him on the album anyway, because, I mean, there was issues, you know, he was still, you know, I think pissed at, at Robertson, and Robertson didn't want to be on the cover either, because uh, he was kind of pissed because he didn't play, you know, on the full album. Uh, there's a photo on, on the back side of the album, the original vinyl, he is on that picture, and he said he was uncomfortable with that, because he said when he came in to the sessions, he went to Canada, uh, where the album was recorded, do his stuff. Uh, you know, he said he wouldn't even have a fucking drink with him. He was so pissed that you know, Phil like you know really didn't want him in the band anymore. But you know, Scott was like, hey, we gotta have him playing some tracks. But he didn't want any part of it because he's like, this isn't a full album with me. I didn't play on every backing track, and uh, you know, was upset about that. But uh. It, it is an incredible album. You know, of course, the tour for this, they recorded uh, Live and Dangerous. Um, and it, it is highly regarded by most of the Lizzie fans. I love the album. But what's funny is, like, going back and listening to their catalog, I got to say, it might not be a popular opinion, I prefer Johnny the Fox over this. And that was an album at first I really didn't care for all that much. But on repeated listens, man, I really love Johnny the Box. And there's a lot of albums by Thin Lizzy that at first, like, I might like a song here or there. But later on, like, it really sunk home. And uh, and Johnny and the Fox is one of those. But I do love this album. Uh, there's there's so many great songs on it. I love Thin Lizzy in general. And 
I mean, what a great find. And I, and I love that. You know, as, as I get older, I still find new music. You know, whether it's new or old. You know, just stuff I didn't know before. But I'm still open to hear other music. And I, I love when bands that I love still put out new music. You know, because I'm, I'm open. You know, I, I want to hear new stuff. And I love going back and hearing old stuff that, that's new to me. Uh, I, I really love it. And I love Thin Lizzy. You got any closing words, Ralph? Well, I, I kind of agree with you. I do prefer... Um... Johnny the Fox as well. I think that's an amazing album. I love uh, Nightlife and uh, Oh yeah, Brighton. and and I love. I really do love uh, Jailbreak. Even though you know it's the most popular one, it's the one that we're not supposed to like feel like it's incredible, but it's incredible. I am burnt out on man. I'm so burnt out on Boys of Back in Town. You know, it's like but Angel of the Coast, Emerald, Warrior. That's a great album too, man. I mean, Thin Lizzy were. Just an amazing band that released... I don't really think they ever... Oh, yeah. There is one album I don't like of Thin Lizzy, believe it or not. Chinatown. Is it? Yeah. And, and, now, and, what do you think of Chinatown? And, and you know what? I agreed with you on, at first, but now I like it. I'm not saying it's their best, but I like it better than I did before. But the album you really changed my mind on, because I said, I said something to you earlier. I don't know if it was on the podcast or just talking in private, but I was like, oh, Renegade. And now, oh, and now I love Renegade. I that's an amazing. I album. really love that album, and uh, and I gave that another shot thanks to you. So thank you because I really enjoy the fuck out of that album. Now. Yeah, that will, that should be the next thing we review from them because I think that one's kind of over. Oh yeah, and, and Steve Kirsch said that's the one he really wanted reviewed. But you know, there's a lot of people wanting to hear what we think of this album. And hey, man, this shit. As big as we are, we're going on for fucking years. So, you know, through the duration of this show, I'm sure we're going to do many, many more than Lizzie's. And we will get to Renegade. Uh, I feel I feel Bad Reputation is probably the most cult than Lizzie album. The most, like, Thin Lizzie fanatic. I mean, we've seen so many. I mean, you've seen it. I've seen so many people in bands wear a Bad Reputation shirt. And I right. can't remember offhand. I think Slash was one of them. I know I've seen many bands that wear that album cover. Um, I, I just think it's a phenomenal album, though. Regard, I mean, you just heard what we thought of every track. I like every track. Even, you know, my little problem with Dancing in the Moonlight, I still love that track, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, no, Renegade should be the next thing we we, uh, we review. I, but, yeah, I, agree. I mean, I, I got to say on Chinatown, I mean, I'll tell you, I do like Sugar Blues. I thought that was a good song on there. I like the title track, and I like uh, There's a Killer on the Loose Again. Yeah. Uh, but then the rest, you know, it's like, you know, Buffalo Girl. So I, I just, sorry, and I tried. You know, I, I, I you know, because, look, I'll tell you this, Renegade, um, I, I, it took me more than a few listens to really get into that right. one. Right. Because I, I really, I knew the, the live album before Renegade. I owned Life. Which was their final live? Yeah, band that that or, was on the uh, Thunder and Lightning tour. Yeah, Thunder and Lightning tour where they did play Renegade on it, and eh, you know, in the Renegade first listen, oh, that's a mellow song, nothing special. I love that song now, but you know, Angel of Death and uh, Pressure Will Blow, Mexican. I, I, Let's talk about that. Later. I love Facts, but yeah, you're right. We'll yeah, yeah, Facts is great too. We'll, I mean, we'll yeah, talk, let's about talk about it when all we do those it. songs when we do that review, but. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, Bad Reputation. I, again, my very first in Lizzie album, too. I think I said that. I mean, I was aware of Boys Are Back in Town, the songs, the hits on the radio, the two hits. But, you know, I actually took a chance and bought this. And uh, I, I didn't get it at first, but then, you know what it was. You know what really got me into Thin Lizzy was Thunder and Lightning in 1983 when I heard that. Oh, that was amazing. I, and, and it came out the perfect time because I was all about the metal then. And that album was so metal. And if you want to hear how metal it is, what our thoughts, we already reviewed that one. Yes. Right? Yes. I think it was just me and you. That was one of the first ones you and I just did alone. Yeah. So you, you know it's a good episode. <laughs> All right. And, well, uh, let's yeah. go. On, let's go, go into pick of the week. Do you have one yet, or should I go? No, no. Go ahead. You. you All go. right. Well, my pick of the week this week is one of my favorite EPs of all time, and that is the incredible classic from ACDC, '74 Jailbreak. Oh, that really counts. Oh, I. Well, I don't care if you think it counts. I think it counts because I fucking love it. I think every song on there is amazing. Jailbreak, you ain't got a hold on me. Show business, the amazing soul stripper, and their version of Baby Please Don't Go, which has some tapping way before Eddie Van Halen, I might add you. Uh, I absolutely love Jailbreak. I think it's incredible. I never get tired of any song on that fucking EP. I think it's absolutely amazing. You don't like Jailbreak? Come on, there's nothing from Bon Scott I don't think is just perfect. Okay, then. I, I love Jailbreak. It's just, I don't know, there's songs from the Australian releases that was released later. I get what you're saying. I mean, that's how I discovered those songs Ex as well. Exactly. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I didn't know any of that shit. I just bought 74 Jailbreak and fell in love. You can roll me on your fingers. Yeah, you can roll. Come on, oh. that song, man. I'm the easy rolling kind. <laughs> Don't think uh, I'm sitting down here. You roll me tally ho. <laughs> yeah. I'm the easy rolling kind. No, you know what's the best line in that song? Just because I'm hooked on living doesn't mean I'm hooked on you. That's right. Fuck yeah. Bon Scott, the best. Fucking hooked on a feeling. The fucking best. You know what? Bon Scott is so awesome that my pick of the week is Let There Be Rock. Nice. Yes. Uh, the American version. Okay. Yeah, because the American version uh, was better. And uh, though... No, no, no. Wait, I'm sorry. Um, no, it wasn't better. The Ameri uh, But I forgot what song was omitted. But the, origin the Australian version of that, that album... Has a song. I don't know. Have you heard this song? It's called Crab City in Blue. No. Oh my God, Ian! You need to punch this up right away. It's a song about having crabs. Huh? And it's it's slow, bluesy, and it's like walking sideways, sideways walking gives me the blues. <laughs> you gotta hear this song. It's fucking awesome. I will check that out. It's just it's a song about catching crabs. Uh. Uh, Let There Be Rock, very raw. That was, I think that's the most rawest, heaviest guitar sound on any ACDC album. Um, Go Down, Problem Child, Doggy Dog, Whole lot of Rosie, Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be, fucking Let There Be Rock. Man, wow. That, you know, I, I want to say something about Phil Rudd, which, by the way, 
you know, okay, here's a little news. On, you know, it's pretty topical. He got arrested again. Did you see that that footage yeah. of him wanting to punch out the, yep. <laughs> the cameraman? Him trying to get into his place and kicking it? Yep. Boy, does that guy have fucking attacks. <laughs> anyway, um, does he have teeth? Yeah, well, I don't, <laughs> not for long if he keeps doing math, you know? Yeah, I'm telling you. But, man, look, man. And, you know, he's been a, a running joke with some people I know. Like, oh, look, it's Phil Rudd. And it's like, asshole. I'd like to see, like, your favorite drummer do what Phil well, Rudd no, uh, To me, Phil Rudd is like a Marky Ramone or a Charlie Watts. It might sound yeah. simple, but it's not. Very hard. Uh, what he does, uh, if you watch the, the movie Let There Be Rock, look at him play the song Let There Be Rock. That pounding beat for seven minutes straight. Dude, you get your... I, I, I defy to see Neil Peart do that. And, and, and a know? lot of times, it, it's not so much what you play, it's what you don't play. You know? Exactly. You know, uh, keep it simple, stupid. Kiss. Awesome. All right. But, you know, then again, then again, one of my favorite lines from Ingve Malmsteen, when they said to Ingve, uh, Ingve says, people say to me, you know, uh, less is more. And I'm like, no, more is more. <laughs> Anyway, all right, so what's up? That, that's my pick. Let there be rock. Check it out. Hit that one, then go get Jailbreak. Always always pick mine first. Awesome. <laughs> well, uh, fan of the week this week, a uh, great fan of the show, and that's John Holt. John Holt's very active on the Facebook page, and uh, man, always makes me smile. He's always got some funny shit to say on a lot of topics. Very active on the page, and that's what I ask for, man. Be part of the fucking family. Be part of the fucking chaos that is the Rock and Metal Combat podcast Facebook page. And he definitely fits that criteria. And also this I want to dedicate, you know, not sure when you're going to hear this, but uh, he recently lost his Uncle Jimmy. And uh, our hearts go out to you, brother. And uh, you're a great part of the podcast family. And we appreciate you. John Holt, you are a fan of the week. All right, John Hall. Rest in peace, Uncle Jimmy, man. Sorry to hear that. Um, all right, go ahead. Oh, by the way, before you go into everything, people, please stick around because we're going to play some songs that you're you're, you're going to go, fuck yeah, man, I never knew this. Or, oh, wow, I haven't heard this in a long time. You know, I mean, check out our music segment. It's awesome. Go ahead. Man. All right, well, you know the usual, man. You can find us on thatmetalstation.com. Sundays at 12 p.m. Eastern and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Also, check us out on that uh, the Indie Authority, where you can hear Saturday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. There's so many ways you can check out the show. Of course, please go on iTunes. Please subscribe, follow, leave a review. We still have the contest running. You'll leave a review. You leave a five-star rating. You can get that autographed, personalized copy of Ralph's Combat EP. I mean, it, seriously, it helps us out. Go on Podbean. If you go on Podbean, please hit follow. This shit helps us out. Please, please do that. Uh, of course, go on the iTunes page. I mean, I'm sorry. On uh, uh, Check out the YouTube page. Go on... Uh, shit. Go on the Amazon link. That'd be awesome. Go on the Amazon link that's on our Podbean page and buy something. We get a little kickback. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And if you're not on there already, why are you not on the Facebook page? Holy shit. The Facebook page is so much fun. 
all the regular listeners hang out there. We have such fun discussions. I always post videos Monday through Friday. I post four videos a day. I post all these pictures, old like album ads and stuff like that. It's a lot of fucking fun. But you know what's even more fun is listening to fucking metal. So what do you say we play some fucking metal, Ralph? All right, Ian. Uh, what do you got? Uh, I got one from a mighty metal midget, and we're not talking about the great Ronnie James Dio. I'm talking about my other favorite little person, Udo Dirkschneider. Yeah. And this is off of Udo's first solo album, Animal, Animal House. House. I love yes. Animal House. Awesome. Well, right now we're going to go into the title track. This is Udo with Animal House.
All right, that was Udo with Animal House. Man, that one fucking takes me back. I remember when that shit first came out. I know you got something good to follow that up. Yeah, something in the same vein, same era. Uh, probably, I think I believe it's even the same year. I could be wrong. By oh man, these guys love Thrash or Die, especially the guitar player. Classic, classic metal band, Raven. From Hell the, yeah. From their album Life's a Bitch. This is a song that kicks off the album. Love the hell out of it. This song is called The Savage and the Hungry.
that was Raven with Savage and the Hungry. God, I love that stuff. God, I love... Don't you just love metal? Oh, yes. Damn. Big fan. Big fan of that heavy metal. That crazy <laughs> head-banging music. Correct. Whoa. What do you got? All right. I've got one by a band that I'm famous uh, for slamming. And I take a lot of shit for it, too. But I stick to my guns. I still don't think they're all that. But they do have a few songs that I think are all-time classics. And I think this is the best song, at least that I've ever heard, by this band. This is UFO with the title cut. This is Lights Out.
All right, that's the band I love to hate, UFO with Lights Out. What you got coming up, Ralph? All right, I'm going to play something like really, really heavy. This one, I don't know, it's, it might go over some of the people's heads because this is a really heavy thrash band who should get back together. They're amazing. They have two amazing albums. Actually, my drummer, Alex Marquez, was in this band. Uh, but he didn't play on this track. This track is off their classic, classic album, Tortured Existence. This is Demolition Hammer with 44 caliber brain surgery. Let's go. 
That was Demolition Hammer with 44 caliber brain surgery. Uh, all right, Ian, I'm throwing it off to you. All right, I got. Now we're going way back to the to the roots of metal here, and uh, one of my old man's favorite bands, and I've definitely come to appreciate him over the years, and that's Uriah Heat. And this is off, I believe, this is from '72 or '73. Could be wrong, but this is the Wizard. He was the wizard of a thousand kings And I chanced to meet him one night wandering He told me tales and he drank my wine Me and my magic man kind of Fear and pain And have the people 
off of Demons and Wizards, that was Uriah Heap with the Wizard. I hope y'all enjoyed that one. Ralph, what you got cooking? All right, the next one is from a band called Dead End. Very obscure band. Uh, I believe this ain't English, but it's an awesome song. I love this fucking song. Uh, it kicks ass. This song is called Dance Macabre. Yeah. 
All right, that was Dead End with Dance Macabre. D-A-N-S-E. Dance Macabre. But uh, it's not even English. But I love the song, so there, there you go. go. What do you got? All right, I feel like getting a little dirty. Let's get some Motorhead on here off of 1979's Bomber. This is Sweet Revenge. Hello, victims.
All right, that was the legendary Motorhead with Sweet Revenge. What's up on the deck next there, Ralph? All right, I'm going to play something. You know, there's a lot of people out there that say, you know, King Diamond, I can't get into his vocals, but the balance, but I love the music, but the vocals ruin it for me. Well, this is a band where they don't really sound like King Diamond, but this song sounds like a King Diamond song, but with, you know, clean singer, with a really good singer. So whoever thinks that way about King Diamond, I'm sure you're going to love this song because it sounds like a King Diamond song with vocals unlike King Diamond, more straight ahead vocals. It's a band called Pretty Maids. And uh, this is the title track to one of their albums. I know they have many albums. This was actually on MTV back in the day. So maybe some of you have heard this, but I haven't heard it in many years. So I'm going to like refresh you with how great this song is. This is Pretty Maids with Future World.
that was Pretty Maids with Future World from 1987, I believe. What do you got, Ian? Ooh, I got something way different. And, uh, man, I don't even know if I'm fucking pronouncing the name of this shit right. Uh, I don't know if you know this band, Ralph Satyricon? Or... Yeah, yeah, I know Satyricon. That's, right like, that's like black metal. Yeah, it's not really my bag, but I actually heard this song one time on, uh, I believe on Sirius Radio on some metal channel, and I spent like the first 20 seconds just dying laughing at it. And then by the end of the song, I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. This is Satyricon with The Pentagram Burn.
was Satyricon, if I'm pronouncing that right, Pentagram Burns. I hope I turned somebody on to that, you know, because if you're like me, that ain't really your bag. But, uh, man, I think that's a cool song. And uh, I actually went back and into their catalog and really enjoyed a lot of their shit. So, Ralph, what you got next? All right, cool. Uh, I have a, a band that I actually, when we toured, we actually did a few shows with this band. And they're, they, they made us honorary Shoe Brothers. And if you want to see this, uh, it's pretty unique. I don't know if you've seen this, Ian. It's on YouTube. Uh, they had a guy that worked for Kiss on the farewell tour. And the guy ended up stealing one of Paul Stanley's boots. And in order to be a shoe brother, you had to drink out of that boot. And that boot was never washed. Oof. And there's video of me drinking out of that boot. They made us honorary shoe brothers. They're a classic, classic kind of crossover type band. They fucking rule. This is a band called Vermock. And uh, I love the title of this song. It's called You Broke My Heart, So I Broke Your Face. Take it on, stop. Take it on, stop. Take it on, take it on, take it on, stop. Take it on, stop. Breaking my heart. Take it on, take it on, take it on, stop. Vermock with you broke my heart so I broke your face what do you got Ian oh man here we go again another 180 uh, this is a band you know they're they're definitely not metal but they they kind of hard rock for their time kind of glam rock the band called the sweet and uh, you know they're more uh, well known for uh, Ah, shit, what's her more well-known songs? Uh, yeah, Fox Lil, on the Run. Fox on the Run, Ballroom Blitz, Little right. Willie, Love is Like Oxygen. Huge yes. fan. I'm a huge fan of the suite. All right, well, you may or may not know this. I and... will. I will. I love them. Okay, this is extremely rare. This is on the remaster of their 1974 classic, Desolation Boulevard. 
And this was the B-side to the song Turn It Down. Now, this it was very, very dirty for its time. The title of the track is Someone Else Will. What they left out is what comes before that, is that if you don't suck it, someone else will. Check it out. If you don't go down on me, someone else will. Suck it, someone else will. What you got, Ralph? Awesome. You know, uh, keeping with the sweet, I'm going to play a, a thrash band called Heaven. Nice. They, they covered a sweet song, which is like one of their heaviest songs called Set Me Free. You know that song? 
by the suite. Not, not well, all Jeez, uh, Vince Neil covered it on Exposed. Um, a lot of bands cover that song. Anyway, I'm not going to play the Heathen version, but I'm going to play something off their first album called Breaking the Silence. Now, I have a song, Thrasher Die has a song called uh, Wake Up and Smell the Thrash, where I mention a lot of song titles and, and band names and stuff. And this this song is in the lyric. Uh, it says, uh, Goblin Blade's going to cut, drain your life liquid in the chalice of blood. Well, that's the song I'm gonna I'm gonna play. This is Heathen with Goblin's Blade. <laughs>
with Goblin's Blade, 1987, I think. Anyway, Ian, what do you got? All right, it's time we get in some Sabbath on this show. I'm going to the Ronnie James Dio era of the 1981 masterpiece Mob Rules. This is Country Girl.
Alright, of course, that was Black Sabbath with Country Girl. One of my personal favorites, man. I love that fucking track. What you got, Ralph? Alright, I got a band uh, kind of obscure. Maybe some of you out there have heard of them. They're called Fifth Angel. And uh, this is off their first album. It's called In the Fallout.
Okay, that was Fifth Angel within the fallout. And when you come in, you say, okay, that's enough music for this week, and go into All right. All right, well, that's enough music for this week. If you enjoyed this episode, come back next week, where we got Mr. Hollywood, the Fresh Prince of, Prince of Bel-Air, Will Smith will join us in the studio. This one, I believe. Yes, Will Smith will be here while we talk about the 1983 classic by David Bowie, Let's Dance. Okay, that part I don't believe. Oh, come on. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. Oh, 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 little China girl. Next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Ain't gonna happen. Thanks for listening to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. All rights reserved, Ian Wadley. Any use of this show without express written permission, I will give Terrence Reardon your phone number, bitch. <laughs> I love that.